Welcome to Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, the podcast where people like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the physical and mental weight so you can feel better and live the life you want in the body and mind you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating, overeating, binging behaviors, and move to a place of freedom with food and your body, you're in the right place. Hi everyone, I hope you're all having a great week and have maybe been implementing one or two strategies from the past episodes that are moving you closer and closer to your goals and dreams in life, whether that's with your weight, your relationship with food, or any other goal you have set for yourself. I am going to talk today about how the food you choose to eat impacts your mental, emotional, and relational health with others, how food affects your mood. So I'm sure that many of you can relate to eating a specific food and then physically feeling terrible or tired afterwards, but I find that many people do not connect how their diet, how the food they're taking in actually impacts their mental and emotional state and their mood. So how their daily moods get created from the food that they're taking in. So, you know, I'm a mental health therapist. Um, I work in private practice. I'm, I'm also a health coach and weight loss coach. I, I work, but because of the mental health therapy side, I work with many clients suffering from depression and anxiety at the clinical level. So what I found is that many clients, I can get them to start feeling a little better once they have a couple foundational pieces in place. So meaning things like nutrients coming into their body, things like enough water, things like getting decent sleep. Um, and so that's what I kind of mean by those foundational pieces. But even for people not suffering with anxiety or depression at a clinical level, but are kind of on the spectrum of symptoms. So, you know, even if we can't use the DSM-5 to give them an actual um, diagnosis, like they don't fit the DSM-5 diagnoses of anxiety or depression, there's many, 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 many of us who are sort of on that continuum of anxiety or depressive symptoms. Um, So even for these people, changing eating habits, food habits, can really, really help alleviate and lessen the intensity of anxious and depressive symptoms and to kind of bring about a more balanced mood. If you find yourself suffering from anxiety, depressive symptoms, mood changes, um, even like a, a negative outlook on life, or you notice your child dealing with these things, then a very fast direct initial intervention can be looking at the food that's being consumed. Beginning to make small changes around the food habits can quickly alter moods, can quickly alter depressive symptoms, anxious symptoms. So this doesn't mean that 
um, that food should be the only intervention for these symptoms. You know, as I've worked with many, many clients who eat very well and very healthy and still suffer from anxious, depressive mood issues. But uh, for the vast majority of people suffering, starting them working on new food habits creates huge changes in moods, in symptoms, and in behaviors. The idea here is that, like, a well, the idea is that a better diet can help and and maybe um, maybe possibly even prevent mood issues. But but just like you cannot um, exercise out of a bad diet, you also cannot eat your way out of feeling clinically depressed or clinically anxious. So I'm covering my butt here a little bit, but I just understand that if you are experiencing thoughts of suicide or harming yourself, you know, if, if you have that clinical level of depression or anxiety, food is not going to impact these more serious cases. And so it's really important to get professional help. So if you're someone in this space, get yourself to the local ER and uh, get some help for that. So here's how food does impact mood. There's a connection between our gut and our brain. And there is a new field of, um, well, there's a new field called nutritional psychiatry, which um, I just am fascinated by. And this field's specific goal is to help patients understand how gut health and diet can positively or negatively affect their mood. So there is a two-way communication between the gut and the brain through something called the vagus nerve. And actually now we are finding that there are other ways the gut and brain are connected as well. But we do know there's a clear connection between diet and disease, which includes depression and anxiety. So when bacteria in our gut is disrupted, disease may occur. Um, I saw a recent study that showed eating um, a diet where one avoided inflammation producing foods is protective against depression. Another study recently showed that certain foods with specific nutrients can not only prevent depressive and anxious symptoms, but treat them as well. So it's critical to understand that we do know this. This this isn't science fiction. We know that what we put into our stomach, our gut, is going to impact the neurochemicals in our brains. And neurochemicals, and remember, these are the chemical cocktails that come along with feelings. So if our neurochemicals are impacted by food and drink, we can understand how this impacts our mood and how we are feeling. Because again, our mood kind of comes from um, those consistent feelings that we are having. Gut microbes also influence how we digest and metabolize the Um, the precursors of important neurotransmitters for mood like serotonin and dopamine. So our gut flora even has that direct line of communication with the brain through what I mentioned earlier, the vagus nerve. And so it has receptors near the gut lining that kind of, um, it allow it to sort of keep check on our digestion. So microbes in the intestine can therefore sort of release chemical messengers that, that alter the signaling of the vagus nerve. And as a consequence, 
um, the brain's activity. So that's kind of how uh, that works in regards to what's in your gut influencing what's going on in the brain and those neurotransmitters, which in turn are what sort of create and influence our thoughts, our feelings, our mood. So the, the, these pathways, they're not one-way streets. So, so brain activity can also influence the gut flora composition. So stress itself can increase inflammation, uh, which then can affect the microbes in our gut. And so this understanding this, that it's sort of this feedback loop, right? And so when I'm talking like in past episodes a lot about how your thoughts create your feelings, you know, create your behaviors and that sort of thing, um, it's interesting right here because of this feedback loop, simply the thoughts you can be thinking that then create that sort of stress feelings can also influence um, the microbes in your gut, which then, you know, can feed back the loop to the brain of switching around neurotransmitters, which help, which, which create this feeling of even more stress. So if that sort of makes sense, that's how it gets that feedback loop going. Um, There's also another way in our system that food affects our mood. And that is through, um, it, it is through what I was just talking about, our thoughts. So if we eat something that shifts our neurotransmitters, then we end up thinking thoughts that are not always, you know, I'm going to put this in quotes. Some people get weirded out by this, but we end up thinking thoughts that are not always ours. So, th- so the food sets up the neurotransmitters to allow different unhelpful or unuseful thoughts to come up in our brain. So now we have the thought that creates the feelings of anxiousness or depressive negative feelings, which then create our mood. And so here, here's an example. You pick up um, a prepackaged bunch of cookies, okay? You eat a full sleeve of the cookies. The cookie components disrupt the bacteria in your stomach. The bacteria influence the neurotransmitters in the gut that then move up to the brain through the vagus nerve. Um, And so now they're up there in the brain. The neurotransmitter pattern goes off in the brain and creates connections of thoughts that then pop up into your conscious mind. And from these thoughts, anxious and depressive feelings are created and run through your body in those sensation packages. Remember the chemical cocktail packages that come along with the feelings. And from this, your mood emerges. And if, if you're an expert in this field, um, don't message me on this. I know I just gave a very basic description of what happens and there's much more detail going on in the body. But overall, this description is a great way for most of us to remember how it happens, how it goes down, how the ingested food brings up thoughts that create the feelings of anxious, of depressed, and changes the mood, okay? So this works in the other direction as well. You eat a cookie or two made from whole, unprocessed, or at least minimally processed ingredients. This affects the bacteria in the gut in different ways than the prepackaged, lots of additives, all the things in the cookies that you ate before. So now you're eating a cookie that's um, made with whole foods, that's minimally processed, and so different neurotransmitter patterns are unlocked and travel to the brain. So the brain goes to different thought patterns at that point because it has different neurotransmitters packaged and patterned, and, and this creates you know that different chemical cocktail package of feelings. So these feelings are going to be 
more positive, more peaceful, and now your mood is in a different space. By the way, I I could have um, used an example here of eating a super healthy food like broccoli or something like that, but on I really on purpose chose another cookie as the option because I don't want you thinking that in order to gain your mood back or to lessen your depressive or anxious symptoms that you need to be eating broccoli and never any cookies because that's just not true. You really can still all eat the you can eat the foods you love through understanding how to use, make, and choose foods that you love that that are maybe made with, um, I guess I'm just going to say, with better and best ingredients and, and how things made with less processed ingredients will treat your gut and therefore your mood um, much, much better. One other thought here, if you're working on losing weight as well or maintaining weight, like not trying to gain weight, think about how much more willing and in momentum you are when you feel neutral or positive versus feeling anxious or depressed symptoms. When you have anxiousness or depressive symptoms, you will often eat more um, and you're not going to have the energy or willingness to make changes or, or stick to changes in your diet. So starting to change your mood through food will also help drop excess weight and you're actually going to enjoy doing it. And I'm not saying it's going to be not hard at some points, but when you're eating more for your mood, you really have more willingness and you're just more positive and you're more likely to follow through on behaviors that you need to be following through on in in order to drop some weight or even keep it maintained. Um, and you especially need to somewhat be enjoying it, you know, when you're trying to drop the weight, Um, especially if you're going to keep it off for good. You really need to be enjoying the process and how you're doing it in order for it to stay there for life. So to follow up on that that last point, let's let's get into what to eat and what not to eat. And so at this time, I am going to harp on super processed foods. So foods that contain chemical additives, seed oils is a big one that we're learning about recently. Um... Other things made in a lab, like food coloring, flavor enhancers. And this is, unfortunately, things like most fast foods, foods created on purpose to be super tasty, highly palatable, um, things like soda, sugary or savory packaged snack foods, packaged bread, packaged pastries, meat that is described as nuggets, I hate that word, um, instant soups. Uh, those sorts of things. Um, really, it's a lot of food that we use out of convenience. So any of foods that are processed um, are really going to, we do know, are going to affect our gut biome in negative ways in regards to our mood. Um, the next level here, like if, if you're good, you've been able to take out the super processed foods, the next level is to not eat toxins. So toxins are anything capable of um, causing disease or damaging tissue when it enters the body, things like heavy metals, pesticides, industrial pollutants. Um, Unfortunately, these things are found in cereal grains, especially refined flour, Um, and industrial seed oils are things like corn, cottonseed, safflower oil, soybean oil, etc. 
Okay, after cutting those out, if you're going for this, the next level is to cut out sugar and especially high fructose corn syrup, but also just all um, refined sugar. If you're looking to boost your mood or um, get out of that anxious, depressive symptoms, getting rid of sugar in your diet can be extremely helpful for that. Um, Next level uh, would be anything, well, this might be easy for some of you who don't eat soy products, but any processed soy. So soy milk, soy protein, soy flour, um, you know, with and well, just remembering that with toxins, it's the dose for each individual that matters. So you may be an individual who can kind of get away with eating a food that's high in toxins, but even for someone with a high... To- high tolerance. And by the way, we are all individual in this. So some people are going to have a high tolerance for these toxins. But even someone who has a high tolerance, eventually the toxins build up in the body. That's part of the problem. They build up. They're not easy to get rid of. And um, many of us can eat a small amount of toxins and we won't get sick. But if we continue eating these anti-nutrients in excessive quantities, like multiple sources on a daily basis, our risk of developing modern diseases really does rise significantly. And modern diseases, we're not only talking about obesity and diabetes and those sort of things. Um, This includes depressive and anxious symptoms, mood issues. So many of the foods we seek for convenience are the very things that will um, that will hijack our mood. So things like white rice, pasta, crackers, bread, chips, and breaded foods are full of refined carbs. And I'm talking about things we most likely would buy packaged at the grocery store. You can get an amazing or bake your own like sourdough bread or, um, you know, sprouted grain breads and all those sorts of things. So I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about these prepackaged, very processed, um, you know, foods, bread, chips, breaded foods full of refined carbs that offer little to no nutritional value. So loading your diet with things like this is going to take your blood sugar on a roller coaster ride throughout the entire day, which is going to result in symptoms excuse me, of low mood, of fatigue, you're going to feel tired. Um, You're just not going to have that energy level. So, you know, what should we be eating to help with our mental, emotional health? The truth is for, well, for every individual, the optimal diet is going to be different. With that said, in general, if we look at biochemical research, the better research that we currently have would is going to point to things like the following. So if you suffer or deal with any sort of anxiety on the anxiety spectrum, low magnesium has been shown to increase anxiety-related symptoms. So food naturally rich in magnesium could help reduce some symptoms. Foods like dark leafy greens, um, like uh, spinach, Swiss chard, um, other foods high in magnesium, halibut and salmon, some nuts, um, plain Greek yogurt, again, plain Greek yogurt, not the Yoplait that you find at the store with all the sugar and tastes really amazing. Um, that is not going to do the same thing for you as plain Greek yogurt will. Dark chocolate, avocados, bananas, all those foods are pretty rich in magnesium. 
Uh, foods rich in zinc have also been shown to lower anxious symptoms. Um, those are things like oysters, sardines, shrimp, liver, beef, and egg yolks. And a study um, in the Journal of Psychiatry Research did suggest a link between probiotic foods and a lowering of social anxiety. So the the research was done on um, just social anxiety, but you know, could possibly then we could might assume could carry over to other types of anxiety, but these would be foods like pickles, sauerkraut, kefir, things like that. And also some spices have been studied like turmeric and ginger. Um, they've been shown to reduce anxious symptoms. So using some of those spices could be helpful as well. A couple other foods that have had some research done on them in regards to reducing anxious symptoms are asparagus and blueberries. Okay, so for depre- that was for anxious symptoms. For depressive symptoms, again, um, big, biggest research that we have out there in regards to this is to take out sugar. Um, so there are obvious things here, but also the unobvious ones uh, where you find sugar, like in granola bars, energy bars, mini protein or you know labeled health bars, trail mix, um, honey roasted nuts, So again, here, if you're trying to cut out sugar, you really need to be reading labels if you're buying packaged food. You really want to know what's in these things. Um, Even things, uh, y'all, like ketchup and tomato uh, sauce, jarred tomato sauce. Um, You want to read your labels because there are some brands that have no added sugar. But I'm going to tell you, most brands have a lot of added sugar. So you may think you've cut out all sugar and then you're eating ketchup or red sauce or, you know, um, salad dressings and they have this huge amount of um, high fructose corn syrup or sugar in them. And um, so really then, you know, you're not, you're still consuming all that sugar. So you really, really, really want to get look, get good at reading your labels. Um, and also, this is where it gets really tricky. Sugar is not always labeled as sugar. It's often labeled as corn syrup, dextrose, uh, fructose, um, high fructose corn syrup, which then, by the way, now they are abbreviating to HFCS. So if you see HFCS, you're like, oh, whatever. No, that's high fructose corn syrup. Um, honey, which you know is probably a better source of sugar because it has lots of antioxidants in it. But if you're really trying to cut out some sugar for a while for mood, probably important to cut out honey as well. Um, you can also see sugar labeled as lactose, maltose, sucrose. So educate yourself on this. Understand when you see those things on a label, that is still sugar. Okay, another one to take out if you're dealing with depressive symptoms, refined grains, okay? So just you want to take that all out, that processed refined grains. And then finally, alcohol. Um, And I know some of you will be sad about this, but the truth is alcohol is a depressant. So you know, I'll say a little bit more here. There are some studies that have shown small amounts of alcohol, like red wine, can be helpful for mood. Um, but in general, if you are working to alleviate some pretty big depressive symptoms, it is best to steer clear of alcohol or at least limit your intake to maybe a drink or two once a week at the very most. And if you find you're still dealing with depressive symptoms, then you're probably going to want to cut back even more. Um, So things that you should eat or that will uh, possibly help with some depressive symptoms, 
It's actually going to be a lot of the same things that you would help to reduce symptoms of anxiety. Um, But specifically for depression, the studies we have, wild-caught fish like salmon um, or sardines, really rich in omega-3s, which have been shown a diet high in omega-3s to help alleviate some depressive symptoms. So walnuts, um, other nuts are good too or can be, but for depressive symptoms, walnuts uh, really do take the win. Remember with nuts um, here too, just you really have to remember portion size. You don't want to overeat nuts if you have a weight loss or weight maintenance goal. Um, And unfortunately with nuts, it's really, really easy to do or nut butters. It's so easy to overeat them, you know, literally, um, you know, two tablespoons of a nut butter or one ounce of nuts, you know, we're talking close to 150, 200 calories. Um, And, you know, so you just want to make sure you understand what a portion size is. And if that means you need to weigh your first portion of nuts to understand really what a portion size is, then do it. It's really important to start to understand what portion sizes are and um, how that sort of meets up with the, with the label. You just, you want to be, you want to be in the know. So again, Nuts are easy to overeat. Make sure you know what a portion size is. Uh, Seeds like chia and flaxseed, those can be helpful. But remember with these sorts of food, in order to actually digest them to get the, the really great nutrients from them that you're looking for, you need to make sure they crack open. So soaking them or using a food processor to break them up would be really important here. Um, This is the biggest one. So for depressive symptoms, all protein. So meat and, you know, best case scenario would be um, grass finished meat. It would be local meat. It would be um, organic meat. Um, But all meat is really good to help stabilize blood sugar levels, which is such a huge player in emotional and mental stability. So also meat is really high in... um, uh, tryptophan, which helps create serotonin. And serotonin is the neurotransmitter we need to feel um, some mood stability. Serotonin also uh, can help us in maintaining healthy sleep, which is also good for our mental and emotional stability. Um, For vegetables, really good options to help with depressive symptoms would be things like Brussels sprouts, spinach, kale. But again, like with the kale, you want to make sure you are massaging it first really well or cooking it down um, because you, you're going to need that for better digestion. Um, another good green to throw in here would be watercress. Um, it's a really good source of ALA or um, uh, alpha-linolic alpha acid, which is one of the three types of omega-3 fatty acids. And then probiotics, things like um, kimchi, kombucha, And if you're drinking kombucha, make sure it is made without added sugar. Most of the kombucha you're going to find on grocery store shelves is full of added sugar. So again, read your labels. Um, Other things, sauerkraut, yogurt, some of the things I mentioned before for helping with anxious symptoms. So all of this to say, if you suffer with anxiety, depression, mood changes, there are modifications you can make to your diet that can be somewhat simple and bring some relief. So Uh, swapping out foods that may be spiking your anxiety for foods that may lessen the severity of your symptoms 
is really a great first step in taking back control of your mental and emotional health. You you really can enjoy nutritious mental health, emotional health, fueling foods with mood-boosting properties, and you're going to feel so much better for it. So here's a strategy this week to give a try. Take out one of the foods that I listed before um, for three days that may, you know, that we're talking about may add to emotional mental mood issues. So take out for three days things like industrial seed oils. And by the way, these are in so many foods like salad dressings and ketchup and tomato sauce and mini packaged foods. Again, my point is read your labels um, or swap cereal for eggs and bacon. And then add in three mood-boosting foods into your diet every day for three days. So add in a shot of kefir at breakfast. Have a salad at lunch uh, rich with, um, with lots of spinach, with shrimp, and a few nuts sprinkled over the top. Have salmon at dinner sprinkled with turmeric and a square of dark chocolate for dessert. I do understand that changing a diet for better emotional, mental, physical health it can be a challenge. And if you're not feeling willing to remove foods that you know may not be helping you, it's okay. I really do get that. For those of you out there who would like to feel a little better but are not yet at a place of willingness to remove some of the previous trouble foods I listed, then here's the advice I give my clients who are in that space as well as I give myself when I am in that space. Just focus on adding in some mood-boosting foods. So take away, you know, get rid of the thought of I got to take these foods away or whatever and just focus on adding in some mood-boosting foods. So grab one to three foods from the list I gave above and, and or before and add them into your daily diet. When you focus on adding in and not the taking away you may still gain some mood benefits. And if this occurs, if you do end up gaining some mood benefits just by adding in some mood-boosting foods, you're gonna find you might start to feel willing to take away some of the other foods that may be harming your mood or really creating more anxiety and depressive symptoms. You might also find that you will crave the processed food, the alcohol, the sugar less and less. You guys, this really does happen. Um, You know, if you talk to people who sort of started on this journey one small step at a time, over time, they, I mean, I have clients over and over who will tell you this. I have experienced this. You really do crave those things that disrupt our mood that add inches to our waistline, you really start craving them less and less. And it doesn't mean you never ever eat them. It just means you are not, it's, you're not hyper aware of them all the time. You're not craving them. You're not thinking about them. And then once in a while when they're around, you have a little and it's great, but a little is all you really need. So my point is, as you start to shift your palate and change your food and create a new mood for yourself and um, all those things, you might really fall into that same space of um, wanting to eat uh, more and more of those mood-boosting foods and not wanting to eat the typical things, um, the processed foods that you were craving. Uh, And as that occurs, then you just get more willing to shift more things into your diet that bring about a steady mood, less frequent and intense anxiety and depressive symptoms. So anyway, give it a try. Finding a more balanced mood is not only give give you like this 
whole brand new lease on life and energy. It's also going to affect your relationships with your kiddos, your significant others, your family, your friends. When we get our mood somewhat under, um, when we get our mood in a more peaceful space, it doesn't mean we don't always um, feel super depressed or super anxious, but those things happen, those moods happen less intensely and less frequency, frequently. And so when we're in that space, we are so much better at relating to others. So there is sort of this, um, you know, trickle down effect or like trickle up effect, you know, of where you're improving these things and then your relationships also improve. So if you found anything helpful or useful with the information I've been talking about, I just ask if you'd please subscribe to this, uh, to my podcast. It really um, does help me keep uh, being able to put the time in to um, putting this sort of information out there. And also maybe consider sharing this podcast with a friend or a family member that may find something helpful through all this information. Um, And if you want, you can head over to my social media for more resources. Uh, My website is heatherheinen.com. Last name is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. I am on Instagram at Heinen Counseling and Coaching. Um, I post a lot of things in regards to just helpful tips and tricks um, with overall lifestyle and health related and weight loss goal health and weight loss goals. Um, And always feel free to get in touch with questions. I include actually a lot of questions I get asked asked within my episodes. I also have a recipe only page at Instagram. That's peak protein recipes. Peak is spelled P-E-A-K. You can go there. Um, It's just a resource for my clients and anyone else who's uh, trying to add in more protein to their diets. All the recipes on there are higher protein uh, recipes. And if you keep listening right now, you're going to get some more detailed information on how my clients really take a deeper dive on all these topics with me through online programs and coaching. It is where you get the actual structured lessons, worksheets, journal prompts, support and coaching behind all the information I put out um, on this podcast. And I just want to say thanks for being here and listening. And I hope some of this information is going to help you lose your weight for good. If that's one of your goals, it's going to improve your health and live the life you've been dreaming about in the body you've been dreaming about. I hope you are finding something useful from these episodes and this podcast. And if so, please share it with someone else in your life you feel it could benefit. This podcast is also now monetized. So if you really feel you are getting a lot from it and want to help keep it going, please go to the episode show notes. You can just scroll down from wherever you're listening. You'll see a description of the episode and then you will see it says support this podcast. And then there's a link you can click on. You can click on that link and that's where you can support the podcast. Even the smallest donation, like 99 cents, helps to keep me producing the podcast. And to those of you who have donated, I really, really appreciate the support. I really do appreciate all of you listening and sharing the space with me. 
Again, just very thankful for all of you. Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. And get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services. Thank you.